All right, well, hello and welcome to the PMQ Live Update for today, Thursday, July 16th. I'm Brian Hernandez. Uh, I hope you like the new intro. It's kind of weird, uh, a little uh, Twin Peaksy, but, you know, I've been watching that. In the in the lockdown, we all got to do something. But today I'm with a gentleman who's been doing a lot more than that, Mr. Dante Ishmael of Pizza One in New ha- uh, Haskell, New Jersey. Dante, say hello to everybody. Hello, how you doing, guys? Um, he is a new friend of mine. Uh, I've been talking uh, over the last couple of weeks, but I did want to kind of just talk to him about, um, uh, you know, what they were doing uh, during the pandemic and all this stuff and how they've kind of come out of it, being that the Northeast is kind of coming out of it. I know the South is going back into it. So, but before we jump into that, Dante, why don't you just kind of uh, introduce yourself? I'll give you three minutes. Talk about you and Pizza One and, you know, what you guys do up there in the Northeast. Absolutely. All right. So we're here in New Jersey. Um I started, the, I started the business working for my father in the 1990s, and uh, we used to have seven pizzerias in Manhattan. My father and his brother started the business. I learned a lot from them, and I kind of like didn't like going to the city anymore. It was a big travel for me from Jersey. So uh, I decided to branch out on my own. We opened up the first location in Haskell, New Jersey, and then uh, I brought my brother on with me, and then we opened up our second location in Wayne, New Jersey, and now I just opened up uh, the third location in uh, Sparta, New Jersey. Um, it's been okay. Well, so now you've got your third location now, and you said it was a Sparta, New Jersey. That's correct, Sparta, New Jersey. Okay, so I mean, what do you guys do at Pizza One? I, I assume pizza, since it's the first word in your title. But what else do you guys do over there? Uh, yeah, we're not really a typical pizzeria, like the old school pizza shops. We're more like a new modern Italian kitchen, new generation. We do. Uh, we specialize in a lot of fancy salads. Um, a lot of paninis, wraps, burgers. Um, we try to use the highest ingredients. Try to go to take the all natural route from using the grande cheese, uh, stainless sauce sauces, all the good stuff. Stainless sauce too, yeah. And grande, I did want to thank them for actually putting me in touch with you. Uh, thank you all our friends over there at Grande. But um, you're, you kind of jumped out at me. I, I have a, another list of people I want to get to, but. So we got Grande Cheese, Stanislaus Sauce. Sounds like you got a good quality product up there. Uh, it says you moved down, your family moved down from New York to New Jersey. What was the reasoning behind that? Just the city's too crowded. New Jersey is more like uh, easier pace. You know, I hated the commute in the city, taking the subways and taxis. And it was just a lot. It wasn't for me. Okay. Well, I mean, that definitely makes sense. I am definitely, again, myself, not a, uh, a city person. So, um, so, all right. So you guys move kind of down, get away from the city bustle, but you still want to bring the same quality product out there. Um, now let's flash forward another, uh, 20 years, 30 years, almost at this point, um, from the nineties to right now. Um, we have a pandemic, everything hit, you guys are kind of at the epicenter up there, right at the, at the forefront of everything happening. What were some of the first changes that you made? Um, and we're actually going to go, I mean, I know I ask everybody this, but we're actually going to evolve into what they're doing now because they, I don't want to say they beat it, but they, they, they're controlling it. So what was some of the first changes you made as soon as um, stuff started getting real? I mean, be it government mandates or whatever, but what was the first change you made in the actual restaurant? First changes we really made, we had to come up with curbside pickup. So we don't allow our customers to come in the actual store. So they order online or through our app. And then once they pull up to the parking lot, they'll give us a call and one of our staff members will bring the food out. And then we started doing uh, contactless delivery. You order through the app or online and then uh, 
we'll deliver the food, we'll leave it at your doorstep. Everything's already paid and taken care of. So, and the driver will just walk, buzz the doorbell, and just walk away. All right. So, I mean, definitely curbside was one of those adaptations. Did you have that necessarily? I mean, I assumed you probably would have carryout. And uh, carry did you guys out. have in New Jersey? Did you have delivery uh, up from the get-go? Um, we I, did. I know parking is difficult, but yeah, we did. We did have you know, we specialize in deliveries and pickups mostly. And then you know, we after we grew after the first five years in business, we expanded. We added dining room stores locations. Okay. So you were you were already kind of moving towards that direction of being able to actually even manage it if it didn't happen. So, yeah. Um, so curbside, contactless. Um, I mean, were there any other? I mean, how much dining did you have, and how how much did that actually affect your business? Um, I right. mean, because most pizzerias are you know very little dining and you know majority curbside or not curbside but takeout and uh, delivery. Yeah. Was it a big change for you to just kind of cut out dining? It was a big change, especially like for lunch hours, because we had a lot of customers that come in, eat salads, wraps, or paninis, you know, for lunch, quick bite, besides pizza. So we had to cut all that out and close our dining rooms down. Uh, so it was a you know, we did lose 50% of the business. The first two weeks in business when the whole uh, COVID-19 hit, uh, it was a big challenge. You know, business really slowed down, people panicked. We did too, to be honest. You know, we didn't know what to do at first. Did you reach out to your customer base through uh, social media or anything like that when it first started happening, trying to get ahead of um, you realize that, like you said, it, it kind of took everybody by surprise. Were you trying to re reach out ahead of time and say, hey, look, bear with us. We're, we're adjusting just like you, but we're going to be here. Did you control that message? Absolutely. We did. We did, uh, you know, we did first through social media. We also uh, use our email database that we collect from our customers and our text messages that we use to reach out to our customers right away. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Yeah. So you hit all the avenues, it, it, you know, and it, it's great that you're already, you know, collecting all that information too. And again, guys, I did want to let everybody know you can ask questions live here. You posted in the Facebook comments on uh, PMQ pizza magazine or us pizza team or pizza TV. Um, uh, we are going to get to the evolution of where he's at now. So we're just kind of covering the bases right now, but Think of your questions. Listen to what Dante has to say. Uh, he's been through it. He can help you through it too. So, um, I mean, at the, so you managed the online messaging um, when you first started. When you saw the close down, or not even close down, but just restrictions and limitations, were you already thinking ahead? Do you have a plan for? All right. Well, we need to figure out this plan, but I want to figure out plan B and C for when we start reopening. Was that something on forefront of your mind or was it just reaction mode? Just trying to get this covered for now and we'll deal with what happens later. No, I mean, you know, the wheels just started spinning and we had to figure something out because we didn't know where we're going to have. We didn't know how long it's going to last uh, from what we heard. We all did from the news media and everything else. It was a very scary thing, especially what happened with other countries. So we had to really think outside the box and see how we're going to move forward to stay on top of the game and also to stay safe and make sure our uh, customers are safe and our team members are safe. All right. So, so it's that yeah. message of uh, be proactive rather than reactive. I mean, just kind of get ahead of it. Don't wait for it to happen. But I mean, think about it beforehand, right? Exactly. We had to because like, you know, the whole world panicked. Everybody panicked. And we did our yeah. first two for the first two weeks. We really panicked. And we had to come up with new solutions, new strategies, you know, to make sure a lot of people getting laid off from work. And so we had to do like um, 
special deals, special discounts to our customers, special menu packages, and uh, to reach out our customers on a daily basis because we understood everybody panicked. People might not have the finances to support eating out. So we had to really, you know, change the whole operation. All right. Well, uh, let's. Uh, I want to jump over. And here's the thing: is that uh, you know, again, you are a new friend. So I'm just gonna just jump all the way around, man. Uh, I, I know I sent you kind of an outline, but I want to talk about stuff that's kind of new for other people because um, cool. they've heard about adjustments and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm focusing right here on this this page right here. You want to thank all our customers for making the grand opening of our Sparta location such, such a success. And that was one day ago. So in the midst of all of this, you are actually still opening up locations. Absolutely. How do you manage trying to, because I know there are other people who are in the midst of plans and some people put them on hold, you know, press pause. I mean, how are you get, How are you guys managing um, opening up of a new location? Did you put it on pause or did you like just muscle through it and say, if we open in this, then the rest of business is going to be a breeze. How'd you manage that? We really, we muscled through it pretty much. Um, we didn't want to stop. We knew we had a good product. We knew we can reach our customers. We know we can make a lot of people happy. We knew we had, you know, very competitive with prices. We have a good buying power for food, for cheese and sauces and all the stuff we need, the products we need. Uh, so we just really passed it down to the customers. We started working off of uh, volume instead of uh, profit margin to help us out and to stay helping the customers out and helping people in need out. We reach out to all the hospitals. We reach out to all fire departments, police stations, any, anywhere we can help to support them the way they support us. All right. And that looks like a whole lot of space in there and um, some great pizzas there too in that first couple of pictures. So, all right. So it's just a matter of, there. there I mean, I, I guess what I want to ask you is there, is there a time to change plans or is there a time to double down on plans and just work harder to make them come up? I mean, because you could have changed your plans and said, no, let's wait for another year, six months to a year. I mean, what made your decision to just say, no, we're going to go now? Uh, the way I, look, I really look at it, people people want to eat. People got tired of sick and tired of staying home. <laughs> uh, a lot of restrictions. We all got bored. Kids are home. so And we all gain weight at the same time. So people are eating while they're staying home because there's really not much to do. Yeah. Uh, so we just had to, like, um, go full force at it. Okay. Well, you just get like like you said, double down. You just kind of put your weight in the back or behind all of this. All right. Well, you know, we wish you the best of luck in that new location there and Sparta. It's good. It's great. Got a great uh, side there. Um, I did want to ask you about. Uh, so, okay. So, there have been restrictions. You have had to cut down your dining. Granted, it might not have been a big percentage of your business, but um, I mean, there's been a big debate on whether or not you limit your menu. Now, a smart person, I would think, would try to limit the amount of items that he very rarely sells, especially now. How did you guys manage, you know, kind of working around changing your menu? Did you change your menu at all? Or did you say, we're going to, this is our menu, it's always going to be our menu, and knuckle down and pay a little bit extra? And there's a, there, actually, there's another point coming up about vendors and stuff like that, too. But um, I mean, as far as like limiting menu, is that something you would recommend or is it uh, case I, highly by case? I highly recommend it. Uh, we had to do it. We had to limit our menu. Uh, you want to keep your employees safe and you want to stay safe for the customer's sake also. So you really want to narrow down your menu so you can spread your kitchen out, you spread your employees out. Uh, so the best way to do it is really shrink your menu a little bit and see what travels well, what's better for pickups, 
then eating in the dining, and we had to switch things around to stay ahead of the curve. You know, I didn't want to raise prices, so some of the stuff that, you know, skyrocketed in prices, we didn't want to raise the price, so we just had to, like, take it off the menu for the time being. And most people understood. Nobody really gave us a hard time. Uh, a lot of my colleagues, they raised the prices, and it kind of backfired on them a little bit because nobody can raise the prices during prices like this, you know. So the yeah. only way to do it is really shrink your menu and give the best products for the – give the best value for the money. Well, I, I, I want to focus on one thing that you said, you know, uh, um, focus on what travels well. So, I mean, that also ties into the next question, which is, you know, are you focusing on what travels well? You want to make sure that you have the items that can be – that are better for delivery versus sitting – that can actually – have a sustained wait period before they get to the customer. Absolutely. Okay. So you get, you uh, take that in consideration. I mean, I, I mean, how much of your menu did you, I mean, just a percentage without going into specific items. I mean, what did you think? I, I mean, how much did you actually have to cut down for? We really cut down to... around, we cut 40% of our menu. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it, was a big, it was a big cut, but it was really necessary to do. And was a was a uh, your consumer base accepting of that? Did they understand? Were there a lot of people just throwing up, you know, having fits? No, everybody was understandable. Everybody appreciated everything we're doing and supported us. Uh, all our customers really, I was like, a, give a big shout out to all our customers and everybody that supported us. Everybody stayed along with us. They totally understood. Nobody gave us a hard time. Not even a single complaint or giving us any hard time about taking stuff off the menu. They totally understood. So it kind of worked out very well. All right, and, and the other thing I wanted to focus on on what you had said there is that you you kind of adjusted your menu for space in the kitchen so that um, it's easier, it's quicker for you guys to put out food for people, but um, so there's, I guess, even more or less contamination, people on top of each other. Um, I mean, what kind of items did you feel you had to cut out for space in the kitchen that maybe oh. weren't, I mean, I could tell you from a, a, an operator's perspective, black beans, they could take a hike. Cause they're good for three days and like this many people order them. You open one can, you throw the rest away. I mean, did you have something like that? You're like, you know, goodbye. We'll see you, you know, next year. Yeah. I mean, we had a bunch of appetizers that we had to take off like French fries, fried calamari. We didn't travel well. So right, we had okay. to eliminate that. Um, cheese steaks, you know, sandwiches, you know, we're cheese steak sandwiches didn't sit well for delivery. It gets very soggy quick. So we had to you know, take it off the menu. Mm -hmm. Um, Dinners that took a long time to prep because we cooked everything fresh, we had to eliminate uh, for a while. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's what you said. Pies that we had to take off, anything with seafood we had to take off. Yeah, I mean, well, that's a that's a huge chunk of your menu, regardless. You said 40%, but I mean, those are like big entree items. Um, so you got rid of French fries and stuff like that. I, and I'm going to ask this before we get on to the next point. Um, was there somewhere where at a certain point where we're like, well, we had to get rid of French fries. Everybody loves that. Did you ever start thinking about something you could replace? Have you ever thought about something you could add to the menu during this time that would travel well that you haven't done? You know what I mean? Is there, are there any additions that you've been able to think of or try to make? We did. Like, you know, like oh, you uh, did. we did, you know, so we eliminated French fries, but. We realized zucchini sticks will travel better than French fries, so we added ah. zucchini sticks. Um, breaded cauliflower, buffalo cauliflower travel very well. So instead of calamari, okay. we offered a cup breaded cauliflower or buffalo cauliflower or mango habanero cauliflower. Uh, so we did some switching around. 
Okay, well, I, guys, I did not plan this question with him. I just kind of threw it at him. But that's um, that's a great thing. You know, if you have to downsize, maybe try to start also thinking about what you can substitute, right? Absolutely. You know, our distributors were they were a big help. Some of the chefs that work for our distributors, we had a meeting with them and see what can we do. We kind of all work together. And they gave us some good input, some good products that you know will travel well for deliveries and pickups. And we listened to what they had to say and. Uh, we came up with some new ideas. Well, that's great. I mean, because especially since we're on this roller coaster in different regions, people are opening and people are having to close again. So it's a matter of, again, we have to educate people on, you know, what you can do to substitute. I, I love that idea. It's like, I can't give you fries, but here's some fried zucchini sticks. They're going to travel better. And honestly, they're not that bad. I'm not no, a fan of zucchini, not. but I've had them before, and they're actually pretty good. I was never a big fan of cauliflower until I had the buffalo cauliflower, and I was very impressed with <laughs> Well, that's also the other thing too is if you fry anything, it's always better. But that's True. just that's just me as an American <laughs> speaking. <laughs> so um, I, I wanted to jump over here real quick to uh, getting ahead of the curve. Um, now you guys have been up, up in the Northeast uh, with you know just mandates and stuff like that, just regulations you've had to follow. You've been able to get ahead of the curve and actually kind of maintain it. Um, no, no blame or anything like this. Other places have been opening up earlier um with less than stellar results just because of that so as far as like getting it at this point we need to tell people how to get ahead of the curve again so how did you get ahead of the curve and what can you do to stay ahead because i know you did a lot of changes but i mean what are like some of the first things where you see this coming i'm not going to wait to be told to shut it down i'm going to shut it down now or something of that like absolutely so the first thing we really did is uh cleansiness we had to educate our customers. We had to bring in certain companies to clean our stores and sanitize our stores at night. I had a big meeting with all my staff. I wiping down doors, sanit you know, uh, spraying peroxide on all the door handles, anything that anything customers can touch. Wearing gloves all the time, inside or out. Delivering with gloves, masks. Uh, make sure our customers are wearing masks before they enter the store for pickup. Make sure we have signs on the ground for six feet apart. So make sure our customers are safe. Also, we built us almost like plexiglass between the counter and our customers to protect us and protect them. Um, stuff you really have to do to really make sure that safety is first. Because if you don't do that, I know a lot of pizza shops have to close down because somebody got sick from there or one of the staff members got sick. So we really, we're blessed uh, that we had to stay ahead of the curb that way and we stayed on top of cleansing. So my advice to everybody is, they really, really have pull a meeting quick with your staff, explain to them how dangerous this is and how serious it is, and uh, make sure they stay on top of wiping down doors and wiping down the whole store every single night. Give it an extra hour, close close your store earlier an hour, and let them clean for the last hour to make sure everything's spotless and everything's sanitized and ready to go for the next day. Well, did you have to do a lot of messaging, I assume, not for your staff because you just have meetings and you tell them this is how it is, but I mean, did you put up a lot of messaging for your customers? We did. We had signs on the doors. We had sanitized, uh, sanitizing stations as soon as customers walk in, as soon as they walk out, uh, inside the store and outside the store, also in the parking lot. Just uh, instructional things, basically. I mean, we exactly. have to go back to ground one like we're trying to walk. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So pretty much signs were everywhere. Uh, doors, bathrooms, outside in the parking lot, garbage cans. Wherever we can put a sign to make sure customers are reading it and be aware that they really be protected, we did. Well, that's great. I mean, that's I mean, you want to make sure that they're protected because you're serving them. 
you also want to make sure your staff is protected because it all funnels up and it funnels down. Absolutely. There's no with a virus like this, it goes any which way. It knows no boundaries, it knows no lines, it knows no colors, ethnicities, anything like that. So it, it it's just out there to uh have its good old virus fun and we're about done with it. I'm done with it. So roll on, roll on. We can't wait till it's over and have a normal life back. Well, I mean, just kind of see the curve. I mean, at this point, it should be easy to get ahead of the curve because it's already happened. So we can just go back a couple months or, you know, a few weeks and just kind of see what other people are doing. I, I would say just feel free to reach out to, if you know somebody in a different state, ask them how they're managing it. Managing the U.S. Speech team, we're doing that all the time. We're talking to each other. We got people in California, South Dakota, New York, Florida. So, um and as operators, they should always really ask your distributors. They have a lot of knowledge. They have a lot of chefs ready to help out. Yeah. Uh, for example, U.S. Foods, they're big on that. You have, they have meetings, live meetings. They're there to support you. So use it. Take it to your advantage and use it. Yeah, and it's within the industry, uh, especially just kind of the pizza side of it, everybody's really willing to help because we're all in the same boat. Uh, anything past the pizza industry and the restaurant industry is very cutthroat, but um, I'd still say at this point, we're all a unified team. Regardless of competition, we there's no competition if nobody can serve food. So Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you, at the beginning of the first two weeks, uh, what was the biggest challenge to stay ahead of that curve that you had to do but while still following the guidelines but being able to kind of keep yourself functioning? What was the biggest uh, step you had to do in that first two weeks when – to really hit the fan really is to make a solid schedule to rotate the staff so we had to split the staff in two teams just in case somebody will get infected with the virus or anything like that so the second team can fill in while we release the first team so that was a that was i would say the biggest challenge that we had is to be able to split the staff in half team one and team two and they weren't able to allow to work together and we had to separate them in different times and different shifts to make sure we're staying ahead of the curb. And it was a big, big challenge. And a lot of a lot of employees and a lot of people were scared to work. A lot of people didn't want to report to work. So it was it was tough. It was very tough. Well, I mean, I, I really like that. It's, it's not even A, B, A team and B team. It's a matter of you keep them separated so neither group is affected by each other and so that you yeah, always have yeah. somebody, you always have a sub to put in coming from a sports, uh, you know, terminology, but, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's nothing that we'd ever thought we'd ever have to actually manage, but, um, so I'd say having two teams is good. Um, how, how big were you hit by like the employment issue? Uh, where did you have to lay some people off? Uh, did you have, you know, people who have been laid off who you said you can come back now, but they, they're making more. I mean, cause I've, I've been hearing like up and down whether or not, you know, that, uh, unemployment is just too enticing for them to not keep working. Have you found it hard to get your employees back? It was very hard to get them back. Uh, we, in the first couple of weeks, it was really only affected the business the first two weeks. So I was able to stay afloat for the first two weeks. We didn't lay anybody off. We tried to, we didn't know how long it was going to last, how long it was going to last. So we did not want to lay anybody off. Um, right. So we stayed afloat with that, but it was hard when some of the employees that want to they didn't want to work. They're scared to work, and they don't want to come back to work at any certain time. Uh, so that was a challenge. We didn't want to replace them because we want to hold the job for them, and I try to hold the job as long as I can. But it was tough. It was very, very challenging to get people to come to work. Okay. 
Well, that's you know, I was just hearing just all the news saying that um, that's it's a myth, and I know for a fact it's not because I, I deal with people like yourself. You know, it's I, I you know I, I get it. You know, sometimes if when they're offering such a, a nice stimulus package, which is going to end in I don't know about two weeks, something um, like that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 hard to get people to come back to work. So. Well, I mean, I'm glad. I'm, I'm not glad. I'm, uh, I'm glad to know that it's not a myth. I'm sad that it's an actual reality. Put it that way. Yeah. But um, all right. So we've talked about what you can do for the first two weeks just to kind of get ahead of the curve. Um, next, I wanted to talk to you about um, just your providers and what your, in, um, your experience has been recently. At this point, we're talking about like July 16th. Um, it seems like early on, you know, the providers were there. They had enough stuff, uh, such as meat and cheeses, and then it started affecting meat packing plants and obviously imports and things like that. So, I mean, what has been your experience currently with your providers, distributors, and vendors, and things like that? Um, first thing that got changed for us was our delivery days. They cut down on delivery days because they didn't have enough staff to deliver the products on certain days. That was the first step. Then second thing that started happening is a lot of products are out of stock. So a lot of warehouses are getting closed down. Workers are not going to work. Uh, it was high demand, not enough products, and things weren't getting moving. So we, it was a full-time job just to do inventory every single day to try to keep everything in house. Because uh, a lot of the companies are all out of, a lot of the products are out of stock. It's not available. Uh, certain prices have skyrocketed, so it was uh, it was tough, and it's still tough till this day. Yeah, and, uh, I'm scared that's only going to get worse once indoor dining opens up and all the restaurants open back up. It's not going to be enough supplies because we're struggling as it is right now. Yeah, what what um what were some of the uh, the higher costs that you were seeing right away? As the saying, cheese like prices we're all seeing across the board. The cheese is the highest it's ever been. And since I've been in business, uh, we've never seen it like that. I was talking to the Grande guys like yesterday, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen. You know. Yeah. So, it's I mean, all causal too. It's it's not like it's one person at a cheese company saying yeah, that this is how much we're charging. It's like they have to the get market it from price. Yeah, it's the market price. I yeah. follow market prices, and we see uh, the meat market prices, seafood, the cheese. Those are the highest items that really took a big, big hike. All right. Well, uh, so I mean, like uh, you said, seafood. What about like uh, meats and things like that? Yeah, all our pork products. Pepperoni was hard to keep. Ham. You know, our boar's head guys couldn't supply us with any ham. Pastrami. So it was a lot of pork, beef, steaks, seafood, um, a sausage. We couldn't get sausage to put on pizza. So that was tough. So did you see this kind of come, I don't want to say it's like in a, in a full-on wave or come gradually, you could kind of see it coming. I mean, they're a little bit behind us. And of course, you know, you know, we're not going to be ordering as much and they're still trying to sell as much. And then obviously when we need it, they're kind of being hit because they've lowered their expectations. I mean, is it across the board? What can we do to kind of ration that? I mean, aside from like adjusting our menu, what are you guys doing as far, are you reaching out to, um, I guess my best question here is it's in bold on my piece of paper right here. Tips for getting what you need. Um, no. So, I mean, maybe you don't need this much cheese, but you maybe put more money into your meat or, I mean, what are you guys doing? What we're really doing is we increase our distributors. We 
added more distributors to our list. Really? Okay. We went, we went from two distributors to seven at this wow. point. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. I never heard that one. Okay. So what, what, what do you think the benefit is to go from uh, like two to seven? Is it now, is it, do you plan to keep them like throughout and, Again, since you're live, you don't have to answer this, but I mean, yeah. so you she went from two to seven to kind of fill in the gaps. Absolutely, yeah. I had to because you know I couldn't because you don't know what's coming in, what's not coming in. One day you might have cheese, the next day you might you might not have. One day you might have pepperoni, next day you might not have pepperoni. So like, what are you supposed to do at that point? So we really reach out to our distributors, make sure they let us know if some items are out of stock, and whenever the item comes in out of stock, we'll try the next distributor. So we add a few more distributors and. Uh, so far, it's been good. It's been a challenge doing inventory because it's really tough. Yeah. But we are able to keep a lot of the products in still. Okay, so this is all in an effort to make sure that you can kind of maintain your your menu and, and you know what your customers expect. Absolutely. Yeah. Now there's a breaking point there at some point where you'll be like, "Well, I just can't." The logistics of getting this, counting it, weighing it, paying for it. You'll you're willing to let something go, but you're doing the best you can. I'm doing the best I can. If we have to let certain certain item go, we do. Like ground beef for a while wasn't available. Yeah. We couldn't do any meat sauce. We couldn't do any lasagna. That's it. We can't do it. We can't do it. It's nothing I can do. Anybody else can do it. Yeah. It is, it is what it is. Well, I mean, that, that kind of brings me to the next point is like, um, you know, so you don't have what you need. I mean, what do you do? Do you, do you go to the grocery or you bite the bullet um, as far as like not changing your products? I mean, no, that's one. If you thing. Can, if you can't offer what the same the same products within your dish, do you just forego it? I will just forego it. Yeah, I really I will hate to change my product. I'll hate to change the quality of the product. So if I can't give it at the best it could be, I'd rather not serve it. Okay, right. Yeah. So I mean, it, you know, if you can't make it as good as it's supposed to be, it, it, you know, up to your expectations, just don't serve it. Don't change it. No, don't. Wait till you can serve it the way it's supposed to be. Absolutely. Like I said, most people, customers, they totally understand. Because when they go shopping to the grocery stores, they see the same stuff we see. Yeah, yeah. Have, has there been any new menu items that you've actually added um, since, I mean, just kind of getting creative? It sounds like you guys are out there trying to think of every angle. Has there been any new menu items that you've put up? Or, you know, you go around, it's like, we can't get this, but maybe we can make that. I should say less uh, um, subtractions from your menu, but maybe some additions during this time. Did you do any of that? Um, we added we added a few menu items that were available. So like we couldn't get certain. Uh, we had like a menu item che cheese steaks on our menu, so we had to eliminate them. But we we're able to get cheesesteak egg rolls. Uh, so we switched. Uh, we started offering cheesesteak egg rolls, and came actually very popular. And it was a big hit. And customers wow. are happy and they love it. So it worked out. So I always really I try to. <laughs> See what's available and try to work with what I can get. Well, I but like that. You're, this the same good quality of products. Well, I mean, you're trying to fill the void that people want. It's like, look, I can't do this, but maybe we can do this at my level of you know, quality that I'm willing to put yeah. out. And the, um, only well, way to, the only way to really keep it that way is like that's why you need your presence online. That's why you need to capture your emails to like notify customers of stuff that you're getting in instead of certain items, uh, text messaging. And customers do appreciate it, and they wait for our emails to receive our emails on a weekly basis. You know, we keep all our customers updated with the market and what's going on. If stuff that comes off the menu, we let them know that this stuff is not going to be available. And the stuff we add on, we'll ask them. We let them know that we're adding this on instead. If you should try it, and uh, we'll promote it. 
All right. Well, that's actually that was leading actually into my next uh, line of questioning. You know, it was just um, obviously the new menu items. So you do have, you know, you adjust a little bit without, you know, giving away, <laughs> giving away the house. But, uh, you know, I mean, marketing strategies, like you said, you're letting people know you're putting it out there online, letting them know if there's something that's not available, if there's a change. Um, this is the next big ticket item that I wanted to ask you about. And I think it's our last one. Um, discounts. Are you guys, when this hit, did you start offer, offering deep discounts or did you, you know, stick by your prices? And, and, and from what it sounds like, you've been trying to make sure that you have the same quality product every single time. But um, um, when, if, if people stopped, you know, if the business started waning, were you offering discounts and specials or did you already offer it already? Uh, we really didn't offer discounts. What we do is we have a rewards program okay. that customers are used to. Um, but what we started doing in the beginning, as soon as this whole thing happened, we understand, you know, finances for people and people, a lot of people are unemployed. So we started doing not discounting, but almost like regrouping items. So I can see what... So putting a pasta dish with a chicken dish and a salad for a certain price, doing like almost like combos. Uh, instead of discounting the items, just trying to do like a package deal for the customers at an affordable price. In the same time, affordable price, that's not going to hurt me or hurt the business. Okay. So what you can actually just kind of put out there, it's basically what you already had, but I mean, just exactly. package it as a deal, um, knock a little bit off, but uh, without sacrificing quality. Exactly. That's good. You don't want to have to sacrifice quality in, in items like th or uh, times like this just because no. you might that'll not be, be able work. to get the. That'll yeah. be a big mistake. All right. Well, hey Dante, I think that's about all I got. You know, if anybody wants to squeeze in a last minute comment here, uh, Kenneth Tate says hello. Uh, we have some watchers from Abu Dhabi as well, but uh, I, I did want to thank you for your time. Um, I wanted to get, I do have two more questions. Uh, they're very sure. easy. I say, uh, what is your best tip for anybody, I guess, um, going into the the down curve and coming out of it? Just some of your best tips for both because you've had to deal with both now. And there are other people who are sometimes having to deal with it twice at this point. Just best tips for that. Uh, for, the, for the downward, I would say safety, safety, safety. You don't want to close down because you're trying to push your staff to work, limit it. You got to eliminate your menu a little bit, shrink it down a little bit, do it, do what you have to do to keep everybody safe, your customers and your staff members to stay open and stay afloat. Um, and be patient, be patient. And, you know, people understand because they're in the same boat as you uh, coming out of it. Just got to really take it day by day. There's really no, just listen to the guidelines that they that the state puts, the government puts for you. Follow it. Don't try to break the rules. They know more than us. Uh, I really be patient and uh, keep educating yourself and educating your customers about what's going on. Try to pass down all the news that you receive. Try to pass it down to everybody else. Uh, and that's really that's really it. All right. Well, you got the up and the down right there. You know, the front of the roller coaster and then the, the picture that they take and they try to sell you for 70 bucks where we're all shitting our pants. I'm allowed one one cuss bomb here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Dante, uh, you know, we do have another comment here real quick. Uh, from Rajaz, he says, uh, hello from 
out of hand pizza westfield new jersey so he got uh, some friends i don't want to say competitors but uh pizza friends in the family out there um maybe you guys are like jets and sharks i don't know but he seems like a nice guy so be, be easy but yeah thank you guys for all tuning in um I, my last question is is one just uh i mean those are great tips that you had but just uh you know words of affirmment just uh the best message you can give to everybody in the industry overall right now stay stay patient uh make sure it's safety first uh don't get greedy make sure your staff is safe make sure your customers are safe uh do what you have to do to really keep your quality the same way it is even if you have to lose a little bit try to stay afloat for the time being try to do that worst mistake that you can do is changing your product or downgrading your product to something less for less money. Don't ever do that. You will lose. Customers know what they're eating and they appreciate everything you're doing for them. Uh, so stay with the best quality that you have and don't change a thing. All right. I like that. That's a great, um, great message to end on. Don't bend quality for anything. No. Maintain the quality uh, as safe as possible. So absolutely. Dante, thank you so much for your time. Um, you guys, can, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach out to you? Is it um, through the Facebook and email? Through our Facebook, our email. Uh, I got it here. It's at the bottom right there, facebook.com, uh, njpizza1.com. You can reach them at the website or the Facebook. Any messages you leave me on the website or come to me or on Facebook. I look at all my messages, and I always respond to everybody. Perfect. Well, I can't wait to get up there again in the Northeast when we're allowed to start traveling safely. I, I will come to your shop and buy five pieces. Absolutely. So. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for all your questions and comments. Uh, I'm Brian Hernandez. This is PMQ Live Updates. I'm here with Dante Ishmael of Pizza One in Haskell, New Jersey. Dante, say goodbye to the world. Thank you. Goodbye, guys. All right. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, everyone. We'll see you guys next time. But until then, you guys uh, stay safe and stay sane. Absolutely.